Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Today, we are going to talk about what the great conversation is. But before we do that, let's talk about our creative weeks. Joy, what did you do? Oh, so I am about midway through our 12 days of reading, and I am loving this little idea. It was an idea that I had last year, and I implemented it a little bit with just my newsletter subscribers um, last year, and this year I have taken it out into the wild, and we are we have posts every day in a Facebook group, and I am doing a total of four Zoom chats. Um, two fireside tales, and each day is just a different post that has something to do with reading, um, just something that will inspire people to read in the new year and just get people to chat about what they're reading and stuff like that. So it has been a lot of fun so far, and I can't wait to see um, how the rest of it goes. So if anybody wants to join in, you definitely can. There's still time. Like I said, we're only about midway through. It goes through the uh, 6th um, will be our last day. And there is a prize. So there's that, too. <laughs> oh, I love that. What kind of things are you um, are you reading? Um, so it's not like any set things to read, necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's um, posts talking about what you enjoyed reading the most from 2023. Like that's one of the ah, days where okay. we asked like, what was your favorite, you know, entice us to want to read it this year. You know, um, mm-hmm. what are you most looking forward to reading in the new year? You know, questions mm-hmm. like that. And then the chats that I'm doing. So like one was about how to be an avid or not avid, an active reader and what all mm-hmm. the different ways are that that means. So just getting people to, think about their reading in a different way and not in like a Mm. pressure way. Like I have um, a challenge for people for the year if they want to do it, but not everybody wants to do challenges. So that's not like a huge part of it. It's just an option. Um, And, you know, it's asking like, what do you want to read this year? Do you set Mm -hmm. like a number of books or do you just know that, Hey, this year I want to read more than I have, or I want to read, nonfiction because I haven't really done that or you know is there just one particular book that you're wanting to focus on so that's kind of what it is no I love that it's almost like um it's almost like sitting around uh in a living room with a cup of coffee and just having a chit chat yeah with your reading friends so exactly and that's what that's kind of the feeling that I want to put out there uh because I want Mm -hmm people to realize that that's what my monthly book club is. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the goal for that. And the summer reading challenge that I do every year, you know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the same thing. So those are the vibes that I'm wanting to put out there for readers. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. (laughs) I have an idea for you that um, is just like a brainstorm off of this conversation. And we'll share with, I'll share with you later. Ooh, exciting. (laughs) 
Yeah, if it's a bad one, then we don't want to say it on the air. (laughs) 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 I just got, I've been looking at some things and then this conversation and I've just had an idea. So love it. I can't wait to hear about it. Yes. I'll share it with you later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell I'm shy with my ideas sometimes, so. Oh, well, you have great ideas, so you don't need to be shy, but yes. Mm. (laughs) Why, thank you. (laughs) Well, tell us about your creative week. Oh, this has been a good one. It's December the 21st, and so we're getting really close to Christmas, and I got a couple of kiddos who are doing some handmade Christmas gifts, and so kind of what I've been doing since they've been out of school, and we haven't really had time while they were in school to um, to finalize these handmade gifts, it's been like, um, we've been really focusing on getting those done. So I've been working with Cole and he wants to do everything. Uh, Cole is my youngest and he's making my husband, his dad, a hat. So he's knitting it on the knitting loom. And so um, it's been really, really cool because we've, we've picked out the yarn. We've been getting the little pieces and parts together all along for this moment. So we can like crutch down and, and finish. So, um, so we've picked out the, while back so we're following the video we'll pause it and then and he'll do what, what needs to happen and the only thing that I've done with him is just kind of supervise and then also if he's found himself in a place where he, something's gone wrong I have undone things mm. for him yeah. and so he will like go back and and make it right so it looks really good so far it's Aww. it's super exciting and he gets excited whenever he hits a, a goal in it mm-hmm. and you know when he gets to take breaks and things like that um we've done some problem solving he's had a uh, he's like my elbow hurts and so we like evaluated how he was doing it because he was picking it up really high you know and so um we we kind of looked to see how he could make that situation better. I came up with an idea and then he was like, you know, a few minutes later he came in, he was like, I've got a better idea. Look how I'm doing it now. And so he got to show me his critical thinking and, oh. um, and how he got to make you know that a, a, a good thing for him. Cause I can't feel what's happening in his body. You know, I don't know what's going on with his elbow or, you know, how he feels with the new situation and that sort of thing. All I can do is kind of say, well, maybe it's because, mm the table's too high or you know let's try to lift you up or make this at an angle so you don't have to hold it or something like that and then he kind of took that and evolved it into something that was really good for him so that's exciting with clay we uh, he is writing a song for uh for his dad and he's my oldest he's 11 and he's never written a song before he plays the piano and he's been playing the piano for three six maybe 10 months or so something like that and um so he was like uh brent asked him for a song and so he was like yeah i'll write you a song of course we've not done that he's not done that before and so um there was some you know overwhelm that comes with like not knowing exactly what to do and stuff. And I really had not, um, there was not a lot of preparation time for, um, for him to be able to like know how to write a song. Mm-hmm. Too. So I could find the video for Cole. I could, you know, we could pick out the yarn together. I could go ahead and purchase the yarn, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, writing a song is a little bit different than all of those <laughs> other things. And I didn't know how to help guide him in that way. So we were at home yesterday and um, it was time for him to have some quiet time and, and, and write some things. Um, we started having a conversation and 
it was it was almost like the world was too big you know Mm -hmm. there were too many options and because there were so many options there was a lot pressing down on him like I don't know what to do and it don't you know I do the same thing I think he and I kind of think similarly Mm -hmm. and so like when the world is your oyster it's almost like everything goes blank and you're like I don't even know where to start so I put on my party hat and thought about like what would I do if there was kind of an assignment creative project that had no boundaries around it? And I was like, well, the first thing that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable is kind of setting up some fences and mm-hmm. like, what, what do I want this project to look like? And sometimes you don't have, you know, you don't have something set up for an assignment from the outside source that gives you the assignment. Right. Uh, so you, you have to make those boundaries yourself. So We got together. I asked a whole bunch of questions. I even became like a bit of a secretary for him. So as he was saying things out loud, I would jot them down in a notebook. Um, Some some cool lines, some cool thoughts, things like that, that um, that we talked about throughout the brainstorming process. And uh, and then we went from there. Um, He didn't know. He didn't know what he wanted it to be about. And, uh, there was no, and I didn't want to tell him, like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be like, you should write a song about snowflakes. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to tell him. And so it took a lot longer than, you know, just telling him or, you know, putting fences around it for him. Um, but that was okay because hopefully he'll be able to take what we did and use it for other projects in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the first things that I did was uh, I took the notebook, I turned it sideways, and I drew some columns in it. And I said, okay, tell me some things that you like. What do you like? What we're going to do first is, like, we're going to make you uh, an I like things bucket. So, mm-hmm. and so he did, like, I think he said food. He said um, warm weather. He said TV. He said dad. And he said reading. So mm-hmm. there were, like, five things. And so then we went and talked about um, what do you like about those things? What are some good things about it? And sometimes he can only think about things that he didn't like about the opposite, which I thought was kind of interesting. Okay. Yeah. So like for warm weather, he could tell me things he didn't like about cold weather. Mm-hmm. And so we could kind of flip those and be like, so, you know, does that mean that you like warm weather because X? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so we could kind of go that way. Um, and then some interesting things, too, is that, you know, because I asked him, like, well, how do you know if you like a book or like or, you know, for reading? Like, how do you pick out your books and things like that? Um, and he said, well, I don't know that I like a book whenever I pick it up. And I was like, yeah, OK. And he's like, I said, well, do you do you know you like it like at the end or, you know, how do you know when, when do you know that you like a book? I was like, I can tell about the middle. It's like, if I, you know, if I get to the middle of the book, then I know that I like the book. Um, or if I don't like the book, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Cause it doesn't really matter for him. It doesn't matter what happens at the end. If the climax is really good, like the middle of a book is really good. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's, that's interesting. But, um, so anyway, that's a, that's a side note. <laughs> the, uh, so we got through some things and with some big questions and stuff like that. We got his bucket and we talked about some ways that he could use his bucket. I was like, do you, of, of these things, of these five things, is there anything that you would like to write a song about? And, 
And so he picked, he picked, he wanted to write a song about his dad. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I was really hoping he'd pick that one because it is his present. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I was like, okay, so you've got a theme now. Like, you know that you want to write a song about your dad. So do you, and so I said, um, after a little bit of conversation, one of the questions that kind of moved us forward was, how do you want your dad to feel when he hears the song? Hmm. And so that was a really big question. He, and he was like, I want him to feel proud. Like, hey, I want him to feel happy with the song. I want him to feel proud about it. Yeah. I was like, okay, that, that gets us like, what, that's the kind of song we're going to write, right? It's going to be a song that it's going to say things that are meaningful and, you know, um, that are kind of like maybe something he's not heard of, you know, heard from Clay before. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he'll be able to say it uh, through his lyrics. It's like, okay, so that's good. And I said, well, what would, what kind of thing, you know, things would you talk about in order to make dad feel proud? And those are the things that are the verses. So we've got, you know, the verses based on the things that he thinks would make Brent feel proud. Aww. So another boundary we put on there is like um, different types of. So hey, <laughs> the baby—he has a joint. <laughs> and so we talked about like three different types of the ways that you can organize a song. Um, so he picked one of those, and uh, together we wrote um, just using his words and his ideas and his messages and stuff from the, all of the talking and brainstorming that we had. Uh, we wrote the first verse and the chorus. And then we looked through all of the information that we had in the brainstorming and we planned what the second verse would be about and the, what the bridge would be about. Hmm. So, um, so he's working on the second verse and the bridge today. Aww. And um, we'll see how far along he, I've not been in there as much because Cole's needed more help today. Mm-hmm. Then, and, and also, you know, I'm cleaning out the pantry today too which is a much needed thing that has to happen so um so I've not been as much as hands-on as yesterday yeah. so see how it all goes oh. and then eventually he wants to put some music to it so we'll see I'm hoping we'll be able to like have some sort of small recording for Christmas day that's so special oh and I love that you're getting to walk through this with him <laughs> it's really hard to to step back yeah. And I think that that is a, it's a skill that we use in our critiquing as well, mm-hmm. like your critique partner. Right. Um, and it's a skill that does have to be practiced and honed and things like that. Like, and it's a lot about asking questions and we, you know, which is another skill that we, we hone as critique partners and things like that too, to try to get that person's message out instead of what you think that song should be about or what you think you know, that story or brainstorm or something should be about. So we use that in so many ways. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it does take time and it is an effort. Sometimes it would just be easier to be like, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. And we're going to be done with this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I'm sure there's time for that too, but this is not it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Good job, Mama. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty, it's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm excited for him to have done something like this. Because yeah. he's 11. 
and he'll have written his first song at 11. That's huge. For a Christmas present. And maybe he'll want to do more. Who knows? So. And he was really intimidated. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop talking about this. He was really intimidated, especially he was like, am I going to have to put music to it? And I was like, well, I mean, like, you can. It just depends on on what you want to do and, and how you want to package it and that sort of thing. But um, I was kind of able to help him. I was like, it doesn't have to be like something super fancy, you know? I was like, why don't we look up maybe the three or four most used songs or uh, chords in songs and see um, what you know and what you might want to use. And he got kind of excited about that. And he was like, maybe I can make a little piano solo. And I was like, maybe you could. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Oh, that's so cool. Using different parts of his creative brain. That's exciting. Right. But even that was overwhelming too. So there were just a lot of overwhelming parts that um, all packaged together just ended up with a blank slate. Like he had no idea where to go. Yeah. So a little creative guidance. And I got to be just in yesterday, which was fun. Yay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which hopefully his art will one day, you know, spur on something or, you know, mm-hmm. kind of accumulate to be a part of what we call the great conversation. Exactly. Perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So Julie and I were planning the season and that sort of thing. And we were just we kept coming up with this. The, you know, We kept saying the phrase, the great conversation, over and over and over again. And we wanted to do a deeper dive into that, like what it means, how do we, um, how do we define it, how do we add to it, how do we you know, process it, all of that stuff. And so the next few episodes will kind of be about that. And the first one, which is today, is, uh, you know, what is the great conversation? So for as long as we've been the QWERTYs, And even before we called ourselves that, uh, the great conversation has come up from time to time in all of our chats. Mm. And this topic is kind of an innate part of our writing and our creative community. Yeah. So last summer, like May said, as we were discussing potential season five episodes, it made perfect sense that this great conversation came up again. (laughs) So we began identifying what we could possibly add to which we're going to get to that in a couple of episodes, to such a long-standing <laughs> discussion. So, and as it turns out, we have a few episodes worth of conversation to have about the great conversation. Mm-hmm. So, but first up today, uh, we're going to examine the question, what is this great conversation? In 2006, Simon Schama released a documentary miniseries mini and book called The Power of Art. And here's a teaser from the book description on Amazon. Uh, great art has dreadful manners. Simon Shama observes Riley at the start of his epic ex- uh, explosive exploration of the power and the whole point of art. The hushed reverence of the gallery can fool you into believing masterpieces are polite things, visions that soothe, charm, and beguile, but actually they are thugs. I love that. <laughs> Merciless and wily, the greatest paintings grab you in a headlock, rough up your composure, and then proceed in short order to rearrange your sense of reality. (laughs) I know, I love it. I love it too. (laughs) (laughs) So the description continues. 
Jolting us far from the comfort zone of the hushed art gallery, Shama closes in on an intense make-or-break turning point in the lives of eight great artists who, under extreme stress, created something unprecedented, altering the course of art forever. So in his work, Shama seeks to uncover the point of it all. And art's core, then, is that great conversation that we're setting out to understand here. Really, the great conversation has its genesis in humanity. We all ask questions like, who am I? Why am I here? And those are questions of human nature. Artists speak to that idea and those questions through their art. Mm. As artists grow in influence, their art will either draw light on situations of human nature or affect the broader conversation of humanity. In written art, we think of parables and mythology, which leads us to the Hebrew's journey. This concept came to be because Joseph Campbell studied all the myths or um, the commonalities instead of differences. So from all over the world, from all different time periods, he researched myths and folklore and stories uh, that were oral traditions and even written down um, as well. And he found the common threads that linked us all together as human beings rather than cultures or classes or time or, you know, all of that stuff that keeps us separated. And so those storytellers weren't trying to change the world, just tell a good story or show like the ideal that people or cautionary tell or instruction for their culture and society. Mm, Yeah. So in other words, they all show us something about who we are. They Mm. move us. They make us think. They cause us to contemplate and maybe even force us to take another look at ourselves and the world around us. We often think of literature when we hear the term great conversation. We got to wondering, if literature doesn't affect us, is it a part of the conversation at all? So when we raised that question in our conversation last summer, when we were planning all of these episodes for the season, uh, we took it to our natural conclusion. Literature may not affect me as a human being, as an individual, but it might affect someone even if it raises strong feelings of how not to be. So we don't discount any of it. Yeah. At the end of the day, we recognized that the great conversation is not just a reaction to art and literature. It's, uh, it's not just that consumer critique, if you will. The great conversation is when we allow art to affect our human experience to challenge our thoughts and opinions, and to give us greater empathy for others. When we were younger writers or English lit students, our reading experience was a little bit ruined because (laughs) we, we were trying to learn something from the craft or we were trying to pick apart themes and such. Um, we were trying to, you know, figure out what somebody had done wrong, honestly, is what we were doing. But eventually, we remembered to consume for enjoyment again, and the literature affected us again, like it did when we were much younger. Yeah. And that reminds me that C.S. Lewis quote um, mm. that he said um, about being old enough to read fairy tales. Yeah. I think it's something. Oh, no, no, no. Here it is. I got it right here. I wrote this story for you, but when I began it, I had not realized that girls grow quicker than books. As a result, you are already too old for fairy tales. And by the time it is printed and bound, you will be older still. But someday you will be old enough to start reading fairy tales again. You can then take it down from some upper shelf 
dust it and tell me what you think of it. I shall probably be too deaf to hear and too old to understand a word you say, but I shall still be your affectionate godfather, C.S. Lewis. And that is um, a letter to his goddaughter whenever he was writing The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He wrote it for her um, as, as, um, as a, a story that could be told over and over again to give them ideals and to pass on like uh, beliefs that he had to his goddaughter. That's such a great quote on a number of levels. Yeah. Um, I'm proud that both of us are at a place where we're old enough again to enjoy fairy tales. And it takes a while to get there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And we hope that you're in a similar place. So we think that this is the, the phase where we can be an active part of the great conversation. So now that we have established what this uppercase lettered amorphous thing is, <laughs> we want to dive a little deeper in the next couple of episodes. So first we'll answer the question, why care about the great conversation? And next we'll examine how do we add to the great conversation? So that's what you have to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we hope that you'll join us in this discussion through email. You can email us at qwertywritinglife at gmail.com. You can direct message us on Instagram at QWERTY Writing Life, or you can sign up for our newsletter um, on our website, which is, can you guess it? QWERTYWritingLife.com. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll be in your inbox and you can just reply there and, uh, and have a good conversation with us about the great conversation. What we really want you to know at the end of this episode about the great conversation is that it involves uh, the artists, it involves um, the art, and it also involves the consumers and, and like the people who are looking at the art and, and taking it into them and making decisions on whether they agree or disagree or if it affects them at all. Um, and then they push that back into society and into the community, which affects other artists who make other art and we just continue this this back and forth conversation forever i guess <laughs> but we'll talk about that later so until next time uh, we'll send you off with a qwerty challenge <laughs> so we challenge you to take a few moments to think about the great conversation what do you think it is have you ever thought about it before what is the context where you've heard about it? And have you ever considered yourself a part of this great conversation before? Something that I think is cool about the great conversation is that you don't have to have a Pulitzer Prize or a, um, an award or a gallery or any kind of notoriety at all to be a part of this conversation because each individual um, who consumes art or looks at entertainment or you know has a thinking brain is going to be able to um, create uh, ideas about whether they like things or not and why they do and why they don't whether it represents them or not and then they have conversations with other individuals and those individuals have conversations with other individuals until you have this this open idea about a particular thing that affects all of society and all of your community. And it's a beautiful kind of thing to think that it's just a whole bunch of pebbles that 
um, come together to make a boulder. So. Or to make a beautiful mosaic. Or to make a beautiful, I love that yes. much better. Thank you for fixing that. That's no, gorgeous. I love that. I love that. I'm just, I'm envisioning this now and it just makes me happy. So, it does. Yeah. It does. And I wonder if we'll ever know what the mosaic is going to look at, look like. Will it be abstract or will it make a picture? I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. So, that's one of those philosophical things to chat about. I love it. It, it is. <laughs> the whole idea of the great conversation is philosophical. Yeah. And I think it's going to be fun to talk about and yeah. to dig deeper in the next few episodes. Definitely. <laughs> so we hope that you guys have a fantastic week. Yes. And go make something. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTY Writing Life.